Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Ben Mendelsohn on becoming an overnight success story in his 40s, playing bad guys in Star Wars and a Marvel movie, and playing against type in Darkest Hour. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to the show. Welcome to our special Thanksgiving edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Thanksgiving fantabulous. Yes, we we didn't spend any time trying to decide what to call it, so (laughs) Sammy just came up with a fantabulous. That's it. Uh, Sammy, uh, a welcome return back to the intro. I'm so happy to be back. Um, I missed Hutch. You did miss the Hutch. You missed the Hutcherson. He'll be back. He'll He's be back. He's got to be back. I was really <laughs> upset about that. He was a lot of fun. We've of course been... he was. Calm down. Of course he was. This is a, 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 so we're taping this mere hours before the Thanksgiving break. Oh, uh, no, before Thanksgiving itself. Yes. <laughs> we met up. <laughs> oh, my God. We need to cook yeah. the turkey. Um, and uh, so, so a lot to be thankful for this year, Sammy, mm-hmm. including the end of your 20s. This is crazy. This is it. Guys. This is the last time you'll hear me as a 29-year-old. <laughs> I'm going to sound so much more mature on the next one. Are you? Have you been dreading? You, is this a big one? What do you, how, how, yeah, how are you reconciling this? Yeah, turning 30. Calm down. Jesus. I know it's been a long time since you turned 30, so it's hard for you to <laughs> this remember. This is the 11th anniversary for me <laughs> <Yeah>. turning 30. <laughs> but it's a weird one, you know? Yeah. It's, it's time to grow up, Sammy. Yeah. Time to leave those those childish games behind. I'm going to start wearing pantsuits. Right. <laughs> I'm going to go work at a bank. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't think, this that, is it. I don't think it works that way. This is it. That is. Um, what about what Thanksgiving traditions in the Heller household? Is there is there a movie, a dish, a what time do you guys eat? Give me set the scene. Big cuz I'm coming over. Well, whether it's you know a it or not. Big yeah. holiday for the Hellers. Okay. Linda Heller goes all out. <laughs> Because, well, it's, you got my birthday, right. parents' anniversary is on my birthday, oh, wow. which is annoying of them. That is annoying. And then, yeah, I know. It's probably annoying for them, too, frankly. Well, it's... Nobody wins in this yeah, scenario. But, they, but, like, if you're married, you get a birthday and an anniversary, so it doesn't... Right. You don't... I don't feel bad about it. Right. Okay. Like, they both have birthdays, too. Okay. That's fair. And Mother's Day and Father's Day. Okay, you so have no a lot of resentment. You need to get yeah. out of your system. Um, but we do see before my brothers had kids, we do like a solid six thirty, seven o'clocker. Right. But now they're a bunch of kids, so yeah. it's like a five four thirty five o'clock. I, I think we're the anomalies. I don't know if this is like an East Coast thing or something because we, we also tended to have later like meals in the evening. But I feel like people do it at like two o'clock. I know my in laws do it very early, and it's like, and I think that's the norm. Actually, I think we're the but then don't you fall asleep? Well, I think the idea, again, we're two ignorant people. Right. I think the idea is you, you eat early and then you can like nibble and nosh mm-hmm. the rest of the night. It's like an all-day eating affair, which I, I'll eat all day. I'm cool with that part of it. But I'm just conditioned it, for – I like the – I need I, I don't eat dinner before 6 o'clock. I don't I'm not eat 80. during nap time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, eat and whenever you like, guys. It's fine. I like to watch some Harry Potter marathons. Oh, yeah, that's fun. I let, like my family watch football downstairs and I'll go upstairs and – Silently, and, qu- quietly yeah, in yeah, and watch the Hunger Games by myself, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, our, our guest this week, apropos of nothing you've just said, is Ben Mendelsohn. He's not appeared in a Harry Potter Were movie. Were you freaking out? I love Ben Mendelsohn. Were you, like, so giddy that morning? Probably, I was very like, excited because... Spent extra time ironing your button-down <laughs> shirt. 
<laughs> ben Mendelsohn is um, is just like one of my favorite. I guess he's a character actor. You would call him that. He's he's a guy that in the last six or seven years um, has his career's kind of like revved up into like a totally new level thanks to his breakout film, which was Animal Kingdom, this Australian film, Animal Kingdom. Which if you have not seen it, Sammy, I recommend check it out. Thank it's you. Got Joel Edgerton in it. Oh. Jackie Weaver got Oscar nominated well, for I'm it. I'm familiar. Yep, yep. So a, a lot of uh, great people in it, and it's a really good movie. Um, and that kind of broke him through outside of the Australian market. And since then, you know, he obviously popped up as the bad guy in Rogue One. He was uh, starred with Ryan Reynolds in a great film called Mississippi Grind, Bloodline. I was going to say, for me, he's Bloodline. Yeah, and, and he, I think he won an Emmy for that. He was excellent in that. And he's he's just working with the best. I was very attracted to him in Bloodline. Oh, thank you for that confessional yeah. moment. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> So everyone knows I find him attractive. <laughs> um, and he's he's just uh, firing on all cylinders. He's working with such great actors, including uh, the great Gary Oldman in his new film. You have to call him the great Gary Oldman, yeah. I feel like, right? I think that's his first name. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, the film is Darkest Hour. Gary Oldman stars as Winston Churchill. And uh, it is uh, an astonishing piece of acting and transformational acting because Gary you know, has all the prosthetics and he is just unrecognizable. And he is the presumptive favorite to win every award this season. I would be shocked if he does not win Best Actor. Um, and he's surrounded by Ben Mendelsohn, who plays King George. Who, I love that. I know, who, of course, was, you know, uh, Colin Firth, of yes. course, won for, for playing that role uh, in the King's Speech. And uh, this is a different story. This is the story of Churchill uh, rising to power and kind of making the pivotal decisions that, you know, seemingly in the end um, changed the course of history and saved his country. Saved Western civilization. I mean, let's not overstate it, but kind of. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we'd be here without him. Let's say that. <laughs> Thanks, Winston. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very good movie. It's directed by Joe Wright, who uh, did Atonement. Um, and uh, it, yeah, it's, it's it's a solid piece of work all around. And it's going to be a big one this award season. So we talk a lot about that. But we talk about his his crazy, amazing ride the last uh, seven years and, and some of his influences growing up. And he's just he's a character in, in the best possible way. I really vibed with him really well. I think he's my new best friend for life. I don't want to overstate things. But... All your other best friends are going to be so upset. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Luckily, there was an opening for this position. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's going to freak out. Yeah, Michael Shannon might be really Michael Shannon and Mark Wahlberg are furious. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So there's a lot in, in this uh, conversation to enjoy, uh, including his talking about, you know, being the bad guy in Star Wars and potentially playing the bad guy in the next big Marvel movie, um, uh, Captain uh, Marvel, the, um, the the movie starring um, Brie, Brie Larson. Larson. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let, let's toss this to that conversation right now. Wait, and, before you yeah, do what that, do you got? what do you got? I want to just remind everyone to rate, oh, review, and subscribe. Very good. Always on message. Very and, good job, Sammy. And you can get a shout out, guys. This is true. We, it's I, true. This is true. Go on iTunes, review, rate, and subscribe. And if, that review part is important because uh, you can be as super famous as Sammy has become thanks to this podcast. Yep. We will read your review on the intro, mm-hmm. and uh, Riches will surely follow. And I'll probably try to be your friend, Well, so too. Ma- yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you're encouraging it now. Well, uh, yeah. So, uh, I'll ignore you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy 30th, Sammy. Oh, thank you. Uh, And everybody out there, please enjoy this conversation with Ben Mendelsohn. (laughs) 
It's always a great pleasure to see uh, one of my favorite actors working today, Mr. Ben Mendelsohn. It's good to see you, man. Thank you. It's good to see you, man. Um, we last uh, spoke in the craziness of Comic-Con, I think. Things are, yeah. Things are a little calmer now, just the two of us in my sad little weird office. Uh, it doesn't look... I mean, these offices are weird. I'll they're give weird. you that. Yeah. It's but, on TV, so but, it's weird. Yeah, they're not sad. I'm looking around... There is a big trouble in little China poster. It's signed. There's a Back to the Future poster. It's signed. There's a Color of Money poster. It's signed. And there is the Hunger Games killing season. And it's signed. It's that is on. Oh, there's a beautiful, big, big photo of you and Michael Shannon signed. We need to get one of you and me together up here. Um. Yeah, well. Uh, yeah. I mean, you, that that, that would be pretty cool. Like, I this is a great looking. That. There's room on the wall for you this and me. This is a really great. And you've got Frank. Yeah, I love Frank. Yeah. Great, great movie, right? Uh. Yeah. And great writer. The 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 wonderful. And why am I why am I? I'm, I'm blanking this? myself too. Um. And and I I know the human. And it is hard, oh dear. It's it, you know we're doing this late in the afternoon, and at that okay. time my my brain always fries men who stare at goats. Right. Uh, the right, right. end. Um, the psychopath test. I don't John know. Ronson. Thank okay. you, John okay. Ronson. Sorry, John Ronson. It, yeah, <laughs> the love is there. Don't worry. The love and appreciation is there. Yes. Um, you've always been a movie man, a movie buff, movie geek. Or well, what? I don't know. You know, like I'm sort of like uh, I, I guess I guess half half. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a half cast geek. Which the the top half or the bottom? half? <laughs> I don't know if, it, if if it's that clearly delineated, <laughs> but. I've always, I mean, you know, they have a big impact on you. You know what I mean? Like, you see them. I think there's that classical period from 8 to about 15. And the stuff you see... Evidenced by my walls here. Yeah, exactly. right? But but you think about it. You go back. You think about that period that is such an intense... Um, you know, you're an intense audience at that stage and, and the stuff that imprints and hits you then really, really stays with you. So mine were things like uh, Midnight Cowboy, um, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Sure. Loved Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Loved that <laughs> so much. Uh, and Taxi Driver when I was about 15. Gotcha. They, and, you know, they were the big ones. I mean, I had Star Wars at the start of that. Yep. Alien. Okay, so mid to um, late seventies is kind of like your jam in terms of. Well, you know, I'm I'm sixty nine, so so you know, by the time that kind that that stuff rolls around, yeah, yeah, you're I'm, eight years old when Star yeah. Wars comes out. So yeah, there, and the other ones you. I've seen on, you know, I see on TV. No, I'm in the cinema for Star Wars, right? And I remember that one big time. Yeah, you're. I mean, it's funny because like we've talked a couple times in recent years, and there's been a lot of opportunity to talk because you've been you've been working. It seems nonstop. Um, you've had a lot of great opportunities, and yet I feel like I'm not. I, I pride myself on being a film geek, and I, I know my, my shit generally. I don't know a good portion of your career. I know, like, yeah. I know, like yeah, yeah. almost everything you've done in the last seven years. Yeah, I've probably I'm, seen everything since Animal Kingdom. Yeah, and yet I feel like there's a lot. I could spend a week going back and just discovering like what your life was the first twenty plus years of your career. Yeah, that's an interesting place for an actor to be, where you kind of like you almost can start from scratch at forty. Yeah. And uh, there's no baggage for an audience. No, look, it's very unusual. It's the kind of, um, you know, it, it's the it's the wonderful consolation to the 20 years I spent coming here right. um, with with nothing. But you know, it, it's very unusual for someone to not have a, you know some type of relationship, you know, in a viewing acting sense by that stage. So that's kind of, I think that's worked out, 
you know, yeah. that, that's I'm, I'm sure that's a factor in all of this. Had you ridden off this kind of career? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Time oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, oh um, before, well before Animal Kingdom. Well before it. Um, because you'd, you'd appeared here and there in a couple of studio films. Yeah, yeah. But for whatever reason, and, you'd, and many in your peer group. Yeah. Like, who was your peer group? Um, okay, so you're thinking about, you're thinking Nicole, you're thinking Naomi, you're thinking Russell, you're thinking Hugh is actually after my peer group. Right. Hugh comes a few years later. Um, Guy Pierce uh, in there, or yeah, no, guys, yeah, guys, yeah. very, guys, very much, and Guy, in a lot of ways, is the most remarkable because Guy, um, Guy, and Simon Baker, both mm-hmm. of them escaped, you know, what what appear to be um, almost, you know, career death sentences of being massive heart throbs back in, home in the you know in, stuff in that they were doing, yeah. and that can tend to have, um, you know, a, a pretty intense... That's a sticky thing for a ...period, to, and then, yeah. you know, and then be, be you know, be over. Yeah. Um, so, like, when something like... When something like Ellie Confidential happens and you yeah. see, like, Russell and Guy in that, are you like, oh, that's amazing, or, like, why is that not me? Uh, you know, I mean, neither. I okay. mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm neither. It, that's amazing, nor that should be me. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I'm, I mean, that that was pretty good for them. Yeah. And you know what? They were both fantastic were. in that film. But they got that film because two guys that were supposed to do it, two movie stars, right. dropped out. Or, right. you know, weren't, so that was that last-minute call. That's the same thing that happened to me in Trespass. There was to be another actor there. Oh, really? In fact, that actor was going to be Nick Cage and there was someone else playing the other role. <laughs> then Nick had dropped out yeah. and, you know, it had switched around. He played the other part, la, la, la. And um, and that just kind of came, you know, because right. because of that. So that seems to be the way that you know those kind of breaks can occur. It's, that's supposedly, correct me if I'm wrong. I read diff- different kind of versions of it. That romper stomper was that something that you were supposed to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I um you know I shaved the head. I'd started the work on it and stuff oh, like this. Um, we uh, we couldn't get that one together. There was um, there was some uh, yeah. There was some. There <laughs> I'm, was seeing, some... I'm seeing smile. Yeah, yeah. A smile now. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm just then. gonna. I'm, no, no. It, it wasn't. I mean, you know. Look, it. Um, it. Uh, yeah. I mean, you. You know. You watch these things happen, and you go. Mm. I mean, there have been a couple of those. Yeah. There've been a couple of those. Suffice to say that you know my my conclusion by the time you know. Um, I guess around you know 2005 or six or whatever had come around. I was just like, well, it, it's sort of kind of done, right. you know. Like you had a great, you know, kind of you, you had a great sort of career going in your, in your late teens, twenties, sure. and then you know you're a thirty, you know, five year old or whatever, and you're like, well, are you really going to sit and wait around for? Right. And I knew, you know, I could probably. Um, you but know, you were making work. a living still. You're not. No, like... I wasn't. Mate. Oh, really? No, 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 no. I, I didn't work for about three years there. So no, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think of um, huh. it ending because I was still making a living. It wasn't some sort of highbrow um, like, kind of thing. Very like practical. That. Looking at the bank account. Well, you know, like it's what like... are you going to do? You're going to sit around the rest of your life, sort of waiting for you know. Yeah. And that's actually the typical kind of trajectory of a career, anyway. Right. That, that there's an intense kind of period, or what I, you know, and then 
you know, it moves on. I mean, the spotlight moves on. That's the nature of did, it. Did, it's how a far, spotlight. How far down the road of thinking about what you're, else you're going to do with your life did you get in terms of like how you're actually... Well, I had a time limit thing on it. So I kind of thought, okay, I'll give it another two years, yeah. you know, because I didn't, you know, I didn't really know what else to do. I had ideas, you know, pipe dreams really, just sort of notions, nothing, um, nothing really... Um, practicable or anything like that right. i just and i'd done other jobs you know i mean there were other things i'd done but i um they were just kind of your manual labor kind mm -hmm. of you know pickup jobs whatever you um so you know i thought about that and then um i thought about leaving you know the industry altogether and i thought about maybe doing something different anyway whatever yeah, yeah. it didn't it didn't happen that way the time limit ran out and there still was nothing really going on and then I just didn't know what to do. And I just sort of, you know, I had a, I had a fantastic girlfriend at the time who was, um, uh, you know, I would take the dog out for walks during... It was actually not a bad time. <laughs> right, it, it, you right. know what I mean? Like the funny thing about these, these things is um, your career might be going like shit, but your personal life's kind of great. Right. And <laughs> I was happy. I just wasn't. Yeah. And I was, yeah. I was, I was, you know, I was pretty happy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't a bad, bad time. I just knew I had to sort of do the next sort of 50 years, <laughs> whatever. This week is great. It's just the next 30 or 40 years that I'm a little worried about. <laughs> well, you know, it's, yeah. So, so, and this, I mean, look, we've talked about this before, but it is true, and you'll, I know you'll always say this, Animal Kingdom was the thing that changed your career. Yeah, and without it, doubt. And it, and it changed it, not, I mean, I watched it again this past week just to refresh, and it's a great film, just to check out if you haven't seen it. Um, it didn't only change your career, it changed a bunch of your, your hey, look, careers. Jack just, Weaver, about everyone, I mean, just about everyone that participated in that, in, in, um, you know, went on. I mean, David Michaud gave a lot of people their careers, yeah. and... Um, and you know we we quite correctly credit him with that. Um, I didn't think David was going to do that. I didn't think that was going to happen. So what what was the turning point when you saw the industry, or what, like where did it screen, or how quickly did the tide turn on that in terms of like oh this is well the, well it, it was I mean it was kind of apparent. I mean Sundance was the big mm. one. You know Sundance going to Sundance, hearing that audience after it had screened. You know hearing them like wow that's movie yeah um but nothing came of it right like it was just like the tumbleweeds kept blowing down the you know la right. la la nothing came of it for like i don't know a year or something like oh, that really? like it was quite a uh, look i these time frames get a little um sure you know, but yeah nothing came of it for quite a while so and then was, bam what and what was the bam like it was uh, trespass that was it. It was a call out of the blue. Really? Completely out of the blue. That was my first, uh, yeah, that was my first, you know, American job. And what was, so what was your, were you, did you have a persona, like, back home? Like, what, what was the, I had like... a couple of them. I, I mean, they'd gone over iterations. <laughs> to start with, it was sort of like, um, you know, a sweet, um, you know, sweet boy trying to, uh, you know, boy loses girl, boy gets, you know, that mm -hmm. one of those kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, it was kind of, you know, it morphed into what they used to call a lad, you know, or mm -hmm. an, an ochre or a, a, a larrikin. Larrikin okay. is the correct term. And a larrikin is kind of like, um, you know, a working class kind of everyday kind of cheeky, you know, okay. 
F you kind yep. of wise ass Australian kind of guy. Um, yeah, wise ass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, then there was that kind of phase. And um, and then you know obviously um, obviously the most recent sort of thing you know can be characterised by sort of malevolence, right? Which thankfully uh, this latest project which we're going to get to flies in the face of, I would say. Yeah, it does fly in the face of. It was a huge, um, huge, huge surprise. Uh, well, let's jump to this one, then we'll backtrack because I, I, I got a chance to see it again last night. The film is Darkest Hour. I've seen this twice. It's 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 a it's a beautiful piece of work. I mean, from the performances, which you know you and Kristen Scott Thomas are are getting attention, and of course Gary Oldman is getting a ton of very justified praise for this, and it shouldn't be ignored. I mean. Just from a, a craftsmanship, Joe Wright is an impeccable director. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a rousing piece of material. Oh, it's beautiful. It, it really works with it. It's, it's fun to see with an audience. Like it's it's inspiring. It's 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 hopeful. Even though you know, belies the title, it's actually like a very, um, I don't know. It's 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 a powerful piece of cinema. In, in, I feel like that, that we kind of need. <laughs> I mean, not to make put it on too big a pedestal, but it, I think it, it, it's coming at a good time. It does seem like the um, the stars are aligned up for it. I mean, it was it was conceived many many sure. years back, but it really seems to be ringing uh, a bell at the at the time. Yeah, right now. Um, so so let, let's geek out a little bit on on Gary Oldman. Yeah, because like Why I, don't? you know, I mean, I, it's it's I'm fine doing that anyway. Be, even before Darkest Hour, he was basically. Yeah. Top three or five. Oh no! Like easily, me. easily. You know, easily. What was your What was your Gary Oldman jam? Do you have Did you have a favorite growing up that you kind of a favorite? Yeah. Well, there's so many of yeah. them. I mean, prick up your ears. Dracula is Dracula's one that I kept returning and returning to. Dracula, I consider, has the best love scene that's ever been put on uh, on film. I think the, the where, he final, come, where he's seducing her where he Oh comes good the, God no. What? Good God no. I, I mean how ridiculous. <laughs> like like you know, like that's all right. But yeah. it's kinda like whatever compared to no, it's on the bed. It's when it's when he's you know, take me away from all this oh, death. Course, and it's and it's what <laughs> yes. goes on. It's the transition in his face. From the 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 blissful wanting oneness to the to the horrible realization of what He's this love is going to do, his love. and I yeah. think that's a really I mean the reason it's such a great great love scene is it's sort of you know it's what happens for a lot of people that this this sort of the bliss of one but what am I going to do to them What are they going to do right, to me right. All of this it's I'm, an incredibly beautiful. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's amazing. It's my favourite love scene ever. Really? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Oh, no, I mean, you're speaking pre- uh, pre- I, I do I'm think... obsessed with that film. That's an amazing piece of work. Yeah, I do think, um, you know, there are, there, are, there are films which have a lot more to sort of... They, they, they drift a lot more in love and stuff like that. Sure. Um, and they have beautiful performances where you can see, like, you know, the effect of love and stuff in, yeah. in the bloom of it. Like, I'm thinking of blue is the warmest colour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that performance is extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, just the the blushing, the just... It, that's an extraordinary performance too. You're not going to see another one of those. But I mean... And I don't mean the, the humpy-pumpy bits. No, I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the just the exchanges yeah. are extraordinary. 
Um, other ones of Gary's? Okay, so I've said prick up your ears. I've said that. And then we've got, you know, I mean, they go on and on and on. Yeah. I mean, Sid and Nancy, uh, Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy, if we want to go recent. Mm-hmm. <coughs> fifth Element? Of course. Uh, Leon, a.k.a. Think, the professional. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't think he likes the fifth element. I've brought up the fifth element. You know what? Before. He can afford not... Look, <laughs> the thing is, when... And they're not made for him. No, I None yeah, of them yeah. are made for him. So it doesn't matter what he thinks about <laughs> it because they're for us. It's true. It's not... When you when you make a film, who gives a rat's ass right. whether the, the participants like it or not? Right. I don't. I could give a... I just want him to get the same enjoyment I get out of it. Yeah, I, I know. We're unlucky. <laughs> unlucky. It's not made for him. So tell me this. Okay, so you're acting opposite someone like this, and I think it's only three scenes, maybe, three or four scenes with him, and it's an interesting kind of evolution of this relationship between... I think you're right. Right? And yeah, I think there is only... Yeah, I think you're right. So you cover a lot of ground in... Yeah, we do, ...an evolution we? of a relationship over the course of three very key scenes Yeah, we film. do. You know what? I hadn't even thought of that. It just, yeah. it just occurred to me last night seeing it for the second time because I was also zeroing in sort of what the opportunities that you get to do in the film. And, and, and it really, um, yeah, it, it's, it's starting like kind of where you go by the, that last scene without ruining sort of, I mean, it's history, but like without ruining sort of like the rapprochement or no, whatever. No, 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 absolutely. And I think that's appropriate. Yeah. You know, I think that's appropriate. But it is, it is a, George quite rightly um, thinks that Winston Churchill is a dodgy appointment. Right. He's very dodgy. You know, he's messed up a lot of stuff. He's made really bad calls. On a personal level, he also backed George's brother to, you know, right, go, right. Oh, go on, do follow your, you know, like all that. Right. I mean, come off. <laughs> um, so um, whereas Halifax, Viscount Halifax, has a really good record, really good record. Yeah. And he was in a lot of ways the, the, uh, the a much more consistent do, yeah. operator. Mm-hmm. He was more reliable. He was, inverted commas, the better choice right. at that moment. Except he wasn't. <laughs> Clearly Except not. he really, really wasn't. Um, and I think the evolution of that, and we're operating here within a really small time frame. We're talking about a month. Yeah. You know? I mean, the stuff that goes, to, boy, that month. Um <laughs> And like moments like the Cuban Missile Crisis and like these intense moments where history really does hang in the balance, um, people do um, things which change the fate of the whole world. Yeah, without overstating it, it literally is. And what (laughs) what they do literally does. I mean, there's this sort of American obsession, you know, of I want to make the world a better place. You know, you hear kids from mm-hmm. three to 93 say it. right well winston did that <laughs> it's also <laughs> a film that like really celebrates words and the, and the yes. power of words and that that um words can can literally change the course of a nation in the course of, of humanity um and uh you know that you know it, you know without getting hokey about it that's kind of i would guess part of the appeal of acting too. I mean, your, your art form changes people's lives or it affects, certainly affects people. And it's very, a lot of it is about the words in the end. Ab- look, abs- absolutely. And I think that doesn't get um, quite the, uh, it doesn't get the, the props that it deserves. Right. I mean, it really is all about the, the, the language. There's an enormous amount that goes on in screen that sure. But 
you need that it next does. line usually at least. Yeah, yeah. You, well, you, you do. I mean, it is, you know, a script ultimately is the words that you're going to be saying. Yeah. Um, a, you know, a film is not necessarily, but certainly a script is. Um, do you relish, like, a, a, a nice meaty monologue? Like, there are some great speeches in this. Is that something that's, that's a, that you can enjoy making a meal out of, or is that... Well, the thing with them is, is that you can slice and dice them in different ways, mm. and I think that's actually the fun to be had with them. And you, um, you, if, you know, that's the enjoyment of you know, friends, Romans, countrymen, is you can cut it, right? You know, like like we're all in on this big joke, right? Or you can cut it like this is going to be completely, you know, convincing because. That's the way we do it. Right. You can do them all sorts of different ways, and that is the pleasure of it. But yeah, I, there's there's an idea that um, uh, that I picked up from um, from an old documentary that actually, in, for the English speaking people, it is the language itself that is our great art form. You know, it's not the visual arts, it's not the music, it's mm. not the this, it's not the sculpture. For the English-speaking peoples of the world, the language ended up being the art form. Hmm. And I think there's certainly, um, you know, that's kind of, that's a classical idea and I think that's morphed and expanded out because sure. I think, you know, films and, and rock and roll and, and stuff like jazz and et cetera, et cetera. There are many new great 20th and, right. and now 21st century art But those are all extensions right? of what you're talking about anyway. Well, kind of, of yeah. I mean, so, but, I, but I, put a lot of, I put a lot of play on that. Yeah. I, I think that is true. I think the malleability of the English language, the, the ability to grab it all and draw it into its orbit, mm. um, yeah. So when you're on a set like this or any set, I'm, I'm curious, like, is there a conversation? Do you, do you know exactly what you're doing in that scene nah. when you set foot on that set? Nah. So you, are you finding it in the course of, like, running through it a couple times? Yeah, I think so. I think – and I, I don't think you ever complete finding it personally. It's not like because got because it. I don't know that <laughs> – actually, I'm not sure that, that for me anyway, that's, that's the way it is. It's more about the variations you can play on something. Right. That's more – you know, it's a more theolonious kind of – you know, well, and especially in in film as opposed to theater, I would think where film you're you're giving them options. You want don't yeah, you want to no, give no, them that's options? absolutely true because that's all actually constructed. In fact, I think of it this way: the only thing you're ever doing is offering up a proposition. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not like this is it or this isn't it or whatever. It's a proposition because later on, the director, the editor, take it. They look at it. They go, oh, these kind of fit together well, and they do this. Dot right. dot dot. Um, so I don't get too hung up on um, on that stuff, and I do think the difference between the map and the battleground yeah. is crucial. You know, you can go in having read this, you know, being all over it, top to bottom, and knowing, knowing, <laughs> and then you can get there and be across from um, someone else that has a completely different idea, and spend your time going. <gasps> Why aren't they just getting this or whatnot? Or you right. can get in there and because you have to be and, in the scene with the, yeah. that same scene. Yeah. Or you have a scene. director that's different. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, like this is supposed to be in a room and you're next to a waterfall and you end up, you know, sort of. Yeah, it's not what you imagined in your yeah. hotel room the night before. Like, wait, yeah. the desk is supposed Where's to be over here. Where's all this certainty like, yeah. gone? So yeah. yeah, I think it does pay to to approach it like. Um, uh, you know, with with a certain amount of malleability. Do do you have the? I mean, part of the beauty of Gary's career is like you know he he's a chameleon like no other, and obviously this film is is I mean 
also props to the makeup people, et cetera. It's, it's remarkable what they've done to transform him. Do you have that same kind of love? Like, do you like transforming yourself to a degree? Um, have you put yourself Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, pl- you know, it's playing different characters, isn't it? And, um, uh, you know, Gary's work here to do Winston is, um, uh, it's pretty fantastic, you know? It's pretty, pretty, pretty. <laughs> so you're doing your Larry David? <laughs> Making a play for Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I can no, see you on that. Uh, you know. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, what, what ebbs on. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's extraordinary work. He spent a lot, a lot of time. Yeah. A lot, a lot of time doing what he delightfully calls kitchen acting, which is chucking the script down on the bench. And then having a walk around, a talk, you know, saying the lines, coming back to it, and stuff like that. Look, I um, I like um, I like generally speaking being on a set and and doing scenes. I like trying to figure them out. Yeah, I watched again the other one. I want to go back to this week just because I love it, and it's I think also an important film in your career that not enough people saw is Mississippi Grind, um, which uh, is mm. is a great piece of work from both you and Ryan Reynolds. Um, uh, uh, Fleck and Bowden are the directors. Absolutely. Amazing. Um, and Boy, you're good. You really got, well, you've got a brain on you, man. Well, I legitimately love this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so my question, I mean, you're, you're the lead in that. Ryan Reynolds is not the lead in that. No, no, that's my first time I ever got, a, and, and only, might I add, first and only time <laughs> I've ever been uh, a lead in an American Wait, film. I was you, very did, proud did of it. Did you do like this? Oh, like no, hold on. Yes, no, well, that's not out yet. So okay, I'm, I'm looking so forward to secret. that one too. That sounds interesting. Yeah, no, that, that is, and, um, and I sin by omission there. Um, that is, yeah. That I think that's a beautiful piece. I'm I'm incredibly proud of oh, being the lead in her film. That's yeah. awesome. So, I guess my question about that, I don't know. There were a couple of things that that struck me in that. I mean, it, it's like Mississippi Grind. I feel like is a film about like the highs and lows of like addiction <laughs> what, what, that can come in any form. Like, um, you know, I, even just like seeing where Jerry goes in terms of like um, the excitement he gets, the rush he gets, <laughs> and then um, just the, the pathetic, sad, um, you know, oh, cycle of, oh, a, of, a, of a gambler. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking it's, Yeah, no. Jerry, I, look, I love Jerry. Um, I, lo- <laughs> I do love Jerry. But, um, yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, man, great end on that film. I yeah. love the end of that film. I so, love the end of that film. One of my favourite ever. So, go on. No, I, I guess my, my, my question is, is, is also about the fact, so you mentioned you also got to play the lead in this other upcoming one. Um, and there's like kind of this, like, this other narrative about you right now, which is like, bad guy guy you know he's like doing and you are you, you've done a bunch of oh, yeah, bad guys no and, and you do them really well thank you kindly um is there how conscious of of that kind of narrative are you and is there- well i mean I, I mean i'd be i mean i'd be deaf dumb and blind if i wasn't conscious of it sure. how um uh how I mean, I, I don't care that much. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I look at it that... I mean, first of all, I'm, it's, it's a pretty decent compliment to be asked to play the bad guy. Yeah, that's, and, uh, that's and, and to be fair, the kinds about. of films that you're being asked to play bad guys in are, like, the ones you want to be in. <laughs> if it's Star Wars or potentially a Marvel film, etc., yeah. this is good. I, I, um, I, um, but, you know, I, I am... I'm more interested in the films themselves kind of working uh, and whatnot in them. And, look, I think the the reason people have started to sort of flip about this one mm. uh, in terms of, you know, my bit in it is because yeah. 
that it's a context that they're not, you know, it's not a, it's, it's not, right. yeah, it's not a box that they, you know, they equate. So yes. It, you can um, present yourself so, so well. You yeah. get to dress nicely. You don't have a ca- uh, evil cape in this one. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. I mean, I know this is, runs the risk of being glib, but yeah, it is acting. <laughs> um, you know, it is the job I do. I kind of expect sometimes Orson Krennic to walk in with a flourish. There you go. <laughs> um, but on, on the Star Wars tip, I know that was like a special one. I mean, it's always a special opportunity to participate in. How can it not be? It's right. Star Wars. I mean, it's Star Wars. Was it, it, I was kind of being flip about the, the costume, but it was a great look that that character had. Is oh, that, yeah. Is that one of your, you know, more notable looks as a character? And that's, oh, I mean, how, how could... I mean, yeah, of course. I mean, that... Um, Look, I mean, I've had the good fortune to work with some really, really good costume designers, some really good directors, some really good actors, etc. Right. But the um, the secret of Star Wars that they were able to employ mm-hmm. makes that costume really extra special. And there is a secret to Star Wars. There is. And what are you talking about? What do you mean by that? There's a secret to the costumes in Star Wars. Are you talking about a literal, like, a seam they put in? Or are you talking about a... I'm not going to alludicate. But there is... There's a basis on which which they operate. Okay. Which... um, Which is why they're such genius costumes. You okay? Without trying to pry that out of you, uh, you also are probably one of the only the only actor I can think of in the, in the last twenty five years to share a bunch of scenes with Darth Vader, whoever mm-hmm. that is in that costume. Mm-hmm. Is that <laughs> is that um, because yeah, it's interesting. A bunch of your scenes are with like a guy in a Darth Vader costume who's not just a guy. He yeah, I only says, work with with you know. If, I mean, it's like it's going to be Gary Oldman or Darth Vader <laughs> or, you know. or the ghost of Peter Cushing. I mean, it's, yeah, these that's are... <laughs> right. Or Kyle Chandler. I'm only going for the absolute cream in whatever <laughs> whatever medium it is, whatever film type. That's it. Is that you can keep the curds and whey. I'll take the cream. <laughs> um, okay, let's go to another icon then, Spielberg. Yeah, I mean, wow! I'm seeing I'm seeing his new in the post uh, this weekend. I oh, you wait. are! I yeah, can't wait. They're starting yeah. to screen it. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, so I, just give me a sense of sort of. I mean, we haven't seen much of this film. I don't need the details of the film, but just in terms of the magic that is Spielberg. Well, well, you know? I mean, look, the thing um, you know about from my experience about working with Steven Spielberg is that guy is an audience like you. You're never going to get an audience like Steven Spielberg. Yeah. You are never going to have an audience like that. That is an audience that, you know, just is makes you so happy to to work for. Um, and he's got I mean, his dexterity. The thing you don't expect about him is how much he how much he finds it. Like you know, he's got his battle map, yeah. but then he's got his battleground, yeah. and on the battleground, like boom, he he's like he is he the Napoleon of filmmaking. <laughs> that guy can be on a set and just change it all up completely. Right. He's got a crew that are insane. Like, they are, in terms of what they can do, yeah. the speed at which they can do it, I've never experienced anything like it. Now, now Ridley Scott's got an amazing crew, like, amazing crew. They, these guys have, and, in fact, when you think about it, the two of them, 
have been able to operate in contemporary Hollywood studio system for longer with more success than anyone else that comes to my mind, and that might be my ignorance. No, It's hard for me to think of anyone else that, that belongs in that... Parthenon. And I've worked with both of those guys. Both of their crews are extraordinary. But but um, Stephen, if I may call him that, <laughs> um, is just a delight to work for. And the other thing is, that you don't. They they're just really they're they're great guys. They're right. just he's, really. He's still excited to be there. He he loves it. Yeah, he loves it. He was put on this earth to do that. He <laughs> loves it. Yeah, and his knowledge is post encyclopedic. I mean, right. it's beyond encyclopedic. He still has you know a passionate engagement with um, a classical period of Hollywood filmmaking. Right, that um, is actually the strongest life force of the whole business. I mean. You know, we have divergence and we change styles and this and that. But actually, if you go back to certain filmmakers at certain times, your you Billy Wilders, your sure. Howard Hawks, yeah. your you Hitchcocks, you will find there a clarity of storytelling and an effectiveness that, um, yeah, you can do a lot worse than sort of emulate that sort of style. Um, I mean, it's... It's a blueprint. It's weird to yeah. I just saw. I don't know if you saw that new documentary about him. Um, Which one? The, there's like the it's um, the Hitchcock Truffaut one. Oh, no, uh, not Hitchcock. Hitchcock. Who I also. Oh no no no. The Spielberg. Yeah. I was out of no. I've been out of town. It's amazing. It's also amazing just to watch. I mean, look. I I again. I like my entire generation. The generation that's come after. We all grew up with Spielberg, and somehow watching it, I still feel like oh, I underappreciated his impact. Oh, you know, and oh it's, look, it's absurd. You can't. You can't. Yeah. You, it's hard to overstate. Look, that's what's so exciting about Ready Player One yeah. is this kind of Steven Spielberg sampling Steven Spielberg. Right. It's like James Brown sampling James Brown. If right. you came up in the classic period of um, sure. you know hip hop, if you grew up in the yeah, it's it's uh, are, are there are there directors that that whether it's like you have the short list of people you want to work with, but beyond that, the directors that like you feel like you would vibe with that like you feel like that like their sensibility seems like my sensibility. I just want to know what it's like to be on that set, to see, like, how they run a set. Yeah, there's a couple of them. There's a couple of them. I mean, look, I I don't want to do a shout-out to them and then not get a job from them. (laughs) I'm trying to help you. Yeah, well... They're just not aware. They want to hear the love, and then they'll reciprocate the love. Well, okay. I mean, there's a a couple of them. I mean, Tarantino, I think, has... I mean, have you seen Death Proof? Yeah, of course. I mean, come (laughs) on. That is just so balls out. I have never... I mean, and by the way, it's... And I'm looking at the poster of Big Trouble in Little China. Kurt has never been better. I mean, those scenes in the end when he's wounded (laughs) and the delight in that performance is extraordinary. (laughs) And then that stuff on the car. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. I have never seen anything like that. You know, you look at the the fight scene in Ung Bok, right? And you go... Oh, my God, that <laughs> is a fight scene, right? Everything else just kind of looks like, yeah, whatever. Right, right. You look at a car sequence, well, particularly you look at a human and a car because Frankenheimer in, in, is pretty damn fine Frank too. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, no, I'm thinking of um, uh, Ronan for the car sequence. Yeah, awesome. Great movie. Um, I think, yeah, I'd, I'd like to cook a dish with that guy. <laughs> 
yeah. and you're just talking about the stunts. See, I mean, his, no, no. His and words look, you are... go back. You look at Jackie Brown. I mean, that's yeah. I love Jackie Brown. Yeah, I, I, I love that you're sliding like the two that people don't usually ever talk. Oh, about. Oh, well, they're Obviously. idiots. Yeah, they, you know what do you what do you want? <laughs> you know, like most they can't see. Look. You got to forget the, the the you know the cocoa pops and the fruit loops. You know, <laughs> we all know, Pulp and, and they're great. great. They Pulp taste great. I'm, hey, I'm not talking about no. What I'm saying is that like the thing, like it's easy to see why you know people hold them both up, yeah. and they are great. But the the yeah, but anyway, you know, I guess it's horses for courses and whatnot too. <laughs> And I'll try not to insult more of your <laughs> no. audience as I go on. No. But for mine, no, Jackie Brown, and Jackie Brown for a long time, but there's something about the delight. There's something about the delight, the freedom in um, in, in Death Proof yeah. and the end. It's hard to see a film that ever can end better, like than <laughs> boom, that moment. I mean, that's an end. Well, it's it, tough to end a film. Yeah. Tough to end a song, tough to end a book. Let's Tough to end an interview. <laughs> no, oh, I should end it now, but I want, I want more. <laughs> it's over, man. It's over. We as it slowly backs out of the release room. them. Yeah, release them. <laughs> um, am I going to see you in uh, in a Marvel movie? Wait, the, Boy, the, I the mics so. just went went dead. What's that? <laughs> we were laughing. Everything was good. Yeah, and, and then, then he turned. <laughs> I'll put it this way: if I. Uh, if you were going to do a Marvel movie, I would think Fleck and Bowden would be people you might want to work with. Yeah, I love that they're doing that Marvel movie, right? That you seem to be referring to. <laughs> that I would be, uh, I would be very, very happy to be doing that Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, you know, Doctor Doom. I was going to say, I've heard that you love Doctor Doom. Oh yeah, Doctor Doom's the greatest comic character of all time. I, I can't say I've read that much Doctor Doom. You don't need to read much. It's it's a small I'm, piece, yeah. right? Like the bit that deals with um, the the beginning of Doom is pretty small. Yeah, it's just good. So it's just really, really good. So I've heard you mention this before. Have you made because Noah Hawley of uh, of Fargo fame? Yeah, yeah. Is, is developing a yeah, Doctor yeah. Doom. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm aware of all this. Do you, do you tell Team Mendelssohn? Let's set a meeting. Let's talk. Let's, I mean, that none of that gets done. What? None of it. Well, because I'm I, look, I'm an old fashioned actor. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I, in that, you know, that's you're not gonna, that phone ringing. You know, and I like you know, uh, you're not going to take out a bowl, a, a, a marquee on Hollywood Boulevard and say uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll switch up my style. <laughs> I don't know. But whatever you know, whatever it is, it's been working thus far. Yes, clearly. Um, but. <laughs> But no, 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 no. Look, I'm sure I'm, they would have already got there. I'm sure they've already, um, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure they've already closed in on so on well, some ideas well, with that. I'm just curious, like, and that's a great role. Well, that's what I was going to say. So that's what, a great, what, what is great the appeal role. of just like forgetting like the practicalities of this ever w- w- could happen or not? Who knows? But like, what, what's so appealing about that? Character? About Victor? Yeah, Victor. Victor. Vic. The the thing that's really appealing about Victor um, <laughs> is. Is the the damage, the trauma, the loss of the family, right, right. and the wrong done to him, then the takeover, right, the revenge, sure. the takeover, and then the protectiveness of Latvia, um, Latveria, my, oh, oh wow. my, you just, uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh, Cold War shocker, wrapped in that Cold War um, vibe. And there's just something about the combination about that. What actually makes him great is his caring bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what's great about Dr. Doom. And I just like him. 
You know, I've never Everybody's particularly... Everybody's got their spirit you know, animal, that's yours. Yeah, well. I mean, the the traditional surrounding that he has, right. not done particularly do it for him. You know what I mean? <laughs> Meaning the little, the castle and the no, hills? No, and no, kind of no, no, you, you have to be more... Um, no, the context in which he appears... Right. Right? Right. The, you know, that's not really, doesn't really do it for me. But he himself, Got it. I love. All right, we're going to make that happen. I'm going to make it happen because I'm you curious know what, about dude? this project. Uh, I'll, I'll, if you make it happen, <laughs> like you make it happen, I'll give you commission. Right, there it is. My new career. Um, it's always good to see you, man. I'm, I'm such a, as you know, I'm, I'm a great admirer of your work. Are we getting better at this? I think so. Ra- yeah, I, I feel I think like, we, we've established yeah. a rapport now. Yeah, I feel like it. We're taking this I on the road. Like I feel like I'm shortening my career <laughs> rapidly every time we speak. Not at all. Uh, Darkest Hour is the film. It's a, it's a beautiful piece of work. And, uh, and congratulations on it, man. It's, it's uh, you know, I, hopefully we'll talk a bunch through the silly award season. Like, you've got the first edition of Willow it's signed, the signed Marvel comic. By both Val and Ron Howard. Oh, man. Val signed it peck, peck, peck. I can't believe this. You've got a great nerd offer. This is, a, <laughs> this is excellent. You're welcome here anytime, man. Thank you. It's good to see you. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. 